season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Many people want to start the new year off with a new goal in mind. For me, I'm trying to lose weight this year and get back into shape. The best way to stay focused on a goal is talking to someone about what's on your mind. Not everyone is someone they can lean on and talk to. That's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your licensed professional therapist. If you ever search for a counselor in the area, you know it takes weeks or even months just to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating in as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable, and traditional, it's more affordable than traditional online therapy, and financial aid is available. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DoubleJoinPodcast. That's BetterHelp.com slash DoubleJoinPodcast. And join the over 2 million people talking to cha- taking charge sorry, to, of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash DoubleJoinPodcast. And we thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. This episode is also sponsored by CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. First-time users use deposit code DOINK, D-O-I-K, DOINK, for 100% welcome bonus of $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code DOINK, and CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada, follow Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, stay cool and bet responsibly. Last this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop onto 2022, the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. It's New Year, New Me, and the global leaders in Blow the Waste Grooming. This year, take your package to the next level of the Performance Package 4.0 and the brand new Ultra Premium Body Wash. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find their signature lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2022 self. These unique formulations take care of your smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. Get 20% off and free shipping to go doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping to go doink at manscaped.com. Happy New Year to your balls from Manscaped. And on to the episode with Mike K. Hello, football fans. Back to another episode of Eagles Talk with Deke. My name is Brendan Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. We're talking Eagles today with my friend, Eagles writer for NJ.com. Mike K is in the building. Mike, how are we doing today? I'm well. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. Greatly appreciate it. I know this is a very busy time for you and all football writers. So really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. We are, I want to start here. The Eagles um, are headed to Tampa. They're playing the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday at one o'clock. Um, you are very tight to the team. Do you know, is there anything that Eagles fans should know about? Any injury concerns? Just any kind of news at all surrounding the building right now? 
Well, I think they got a lot of their injury news out of the way on Monday. They put uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside on injured reserve. They put Tyree Jackson and Brett Toth also on injured reserve. Um, those are deep depth guys, but, you know, they could factor into special teams. They also raised up Jason Huntley from the practice squad, which I think is pretty significant when you consider how lackluster their kick return game has been and how good he looked the other day. And frankly, he was one of the most prolific kick returners in college football when he was drafted in the fifth round by the Lions. So um, that's really what we're looking at. Obviously, Miles Sanders has a hand injury. He's got a broken hand, hasn't played the last two weeks. Um, Nick Sirianni said that he was hopeful that he would return this week. I would Imagine he tries to give it a go, but I will say this. I do think they will go heavy on running back in this uh, this game against the Buccaneers, mainly because Huntley is going to probably be the kick returner, and Kenny Gainwell is probably going to get a lot of uh, reps as a slot receiver, mainly because our single wide side's out, and they're pretty light at wide receiver at this point. So you think Huntley is active and takes Jalen Rager's spot as kick returner and punt returner? That would be my guess. Look, okay. as I wrote on Tuesday – in the playoffs, every yard matters. And so you've got to make sure you have playmakers on each phase of the ball. And special teams has been kind of, you know, the coverage units have been good. Mike Clay has done a great job, but they're consistently setting the offense up for poor field on kick returns. If, if there isn't a touchback, guys are only really averaging between 17 and 21 yards per return. And typically they're getting the ball at the one or two. So you're looking at like the 19 to 23 range and Huntley's a guy who can really hit the gas. Um, he had returns of 35, 20, and 29 against the Cowboys, and each one of those returns ended up beyond the 25-yard line. So I think that that's important. I think the Eagles saw that and realized, hey, listen, we need to be able to move the ball and get our offense set up properly. Also, with Miles Sanders and uh, Jordan Howard coming off the injury, it never hurts to have extra backing in the playoffs. So you wrote a piece yesterday about Jonathan Gannon um, getting an interview with Denver, according to Tom Pelissero, and he actually did um, he did acknowledge it today in the press conference, I believe. Um, what was mm -hmm. your opinion on this? Do you think he's a legitimate candidate for to be the head coach in Denver? And if he is, who would who would replace him here in Philly? I think Denver's casting a wide net. Um, that said, he does kind of fit the profile of what John Elway has liked since he's gotten into office. Obviously, George Patton, the GM who took over for Elway when he got promoted, will have a different – you know, this is his first head coach that he's hiring, so we – it could be different, right? Um, but he profiles kind of like Vance Joseph did when they hired him uh, before Rick Fangio, who was fired the other day. Um, they – look, Elway has had three – or four head coaches. Three of them have been defensive-minded coaches. So they clearly like the offensive-minded approach in the front office, the defensive leader on the field. Um, that said, I mean, they're interviewing guys like Dan Quinn and Doug Peterson and Kellen Moore, you know, the, the chances of Gannon getting the job are probably pretty slim, but I think it's important for him to take every opportunity to interview that said, if he were to leave, I mean, it would be an easy transition to hire former Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer, who we don't know if he's going to actually want to be a D coordinator at this point in his life. Um, he runs a pretty comparable coverage to Gannon who worked under him, excuse me, um, for a couple of years before going to Indy to be the cornerbacks coach. 
Uh, Vic Fangio, who I mentioned, would also be a really interesting fit. He likes multiple fronts. Um, is just a very good pressure package guy. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to see if if he got the call, but I, I, I'm not considering getting to be even a top three candidate for this Denver job at this point. So Jalen Hurts, of course, has kind of taken the league by storm this year, has had a great year, has kind of overachieved from expectations, including expectations myself and many others out there. Is it is it just as easy as, hey, they ran the ball with him and he, and he kind of rallied around that? Or is there any kind of small improvements he's made in his game basically kind of since week eight against Vegas um, or week seven against Vegas, I believe, was when kind of everything kind of turned around? What has he done maybe behind the scenes or just in general that he's gotten better to the point where he's probably the starter next year? Well, it's funny. The last time they played the Buccaneers, I wrote a column that the game basically shows you that he can't do everything by himself. And I think the coaching staff has helped him tremendously by taking the load off of him. I think they overloaded him to begin the season. They felt really good about what he did in Atlanta and then just went with the pass first mentality. And that's just not Jalen Hurts' game. I think um, the bringing in Landon Dickerson um, really started to hit his stride after that Vegas game. I think when you look at um, what Lane Johnson's been able to do since he returned from his three-game absence, I think, look, this offensive line's elite. It, it's elite. And it doesn't matter who's playing guard because they have elite players at both tackle spots and center. Um, and they're big believers in mate blocking, M-A-T-E, like teammate blocking. So you're seeing Landon Dickerson and Jordan Melata combine for a lot of <laughs> a lot of blocks. You're seeing Lane Johnson and Nate Herbig combine for a lot of blocks. You're seeing Jason Kelsey and Herbig or Jason Kelsey and Dickerson um finish blocks and zone reads. And Jason Kelsey's having an all-pro year. But to come full circle and answer your Jalen Hurts question, I think he's exceeded expectations because of his dual threat mentality, right? It's not just him throwing the ball. It's not just him running. It's how he affects every single play. The linebacker or the or the backside defensive end has constantly has to be on his toes because if he crashes, Jalen Hurts can pick up and run. Uh, the cornerbacks have to pay attention. An extra blocker, right? It basically allows for an extra blocker with his running ability, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, or it allows you to double team more. Um, and so essentially what you're doing is, you know, Jalen Hurts, the corners have to pay attention because if they get into a scramble drill, Jalen Hurts can prolong the play for a very long time. And you can really only cover a guy for three to four seconds in the NFL, even if you're an elite corner. So um, I just think the way that they're approaching this offense since uh, the week eight matchup in Detroit really favors what. Jalen Hurts' strengths are. And what I will say is this, in his three final games where they beat Washington, beat the Giants, and then beat Washington again, he looked like a legitimate starting franchise quarterback. They he was accurate. His arm against Washington. Like, his arm. Right. Yeah. Right. He was accurate. He made fantastic decisions. He was com comfortable and confident in the pocket. Yeah, they got off to slow starts, but when you look at, like, the second half of the second quarter in all of those games – like kind of clicks and he becomes this guy who can will a team down the field. And I do think he's making his teammates better. He's certainly helping the offensive line. He's certainly helping the running backs, but I think the wide receivers, now that they realize who to go to, like their scripting plays pretty much for just Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. That helps when you limit that, you know, yeah, other guys can get open, but when you have those two guys that you know, you need to get the ball to, it helps. 
So I think, yeah, I think it's been both Hertz and the coaching staff finding each other. Okay, so let's jump in our time machine here and jump back to week six against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Eagles lost, um, ultimately lost that game. Um, I, I, I've watched about I, the condensed version on uh, Game Pass. I'm about halfway through it. And uh, a couple takeaways I've noticed, Lane Johnson didn't play. Um, and Andre Dillard had a really rough game in that one. And the, the Eagles, I think, I, I, I'm about just over half, um, just over half them. I think I kind of like eight runs in the, in the first half. I don't have the exact stats, but what can the Eagles yeah. take away from that game? I know it was a long time ago and it was kind of a different team almost like they're playing in a different, just a completely different style, but what can the Eagles, John Gannon and Nick Sirianni take away from that game? So on offense, Miles Sanders ran the ball nine times. He was the only running back to touch the ball. Oh my God. I think they ran a combined 19 times. 10 of those runs were by Jalen Hurts. Um, and Miles Sanders was effective running the football, by the way. He got 56 yards on nine carries. And then they just, like, stopped running the ball. Obviously, they were coming from behind. I think they were down 14, coming out of halftime. Um, but like you said, I think the offensive line is really what you have to look at, right? So Lane Johnson was out. They moved Jordan Mailata to right tackle. I didn't think he played particularly well. Um, and obviously, Andre Diller, as you mentioned, struggled. Um this is a completely different offense because Jordan Bailot is playing his favorable position. Lane Johnson, who, in my opinion, has had an all pro campaign is playing his, his position. Um, I really like Landon Dickerson, really, really like Landon Dickerson, especially what he showed down the stretch um, as a run blocker. Um, and look, this team can, can block, uh, block the run. They, that's what they're going to do. I mean, look, Tampa Bay has been very difficult to run on, but if you go out to that left side, teams are averaging 7.3 yards per carry to the, to the left side. Oh, by the way, uh, Jordan Melada and Landon Dickerson form the biggest left side in the entire league and they're mate blocking and crushing it. Right. So um, I think that that helps them. Uh, I think, Jalen Hurts seeing the field a lot better. I think he's spreading the field a lot better because of his threat of, of the run. And the teams know that running backs can actually do stuff now. Um, and then on defense, look, I think they're going to have to play aggressive against Tom Brady. The problem is, is when you blitz Tom Brady, he almost always connects. Yeah. So he gets the ball out very quickly. Um, they're going to have to figure out ways to create pressure with four and they haven't really been able to consistently do that. This is the biggest game of Josh Sweat's career. Josh Sweat is the X factor in this game. If Josh Sweat can hit Tom Brady twice in the first half, that will change a lot. Um, because, frankly, Derek Barnett's been a non-factor as far as a pass rusher. Ryan Kerrigan's been a non-factor. Teron Jackson's been interesting, but he's not really much of a factor. And then when you look at Javon Hargrave, this is a big game for him as well. He really needs to step up and push the inside of that pocket because he's not a great run defender at all. So if you're going to be the pass rusher of the interior line and be that three technique, you better get to Tom Brady. And I think, look, Fletcher Cox has to, has to play well as well. This defensive front really needs to deliver. Tracy Rocker could be coaching for his, for his, his job here, in my opinion, because I don't think the defensive line has been particularly good, even though there's a ton of money invested in it. Um, then again, they've had more defensive line coaches in the last four years than James Bond is, had movies. So it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's the new wide receivers coach thing. At least Aaron Moorhead has been here for two years now. Um, and then I think, look, uh, they're going to see a different coverage plan because instead of having Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, 
they just have Mike Evans and then yeah. Scotty Miller and, and Tyler Johnson. So that enables you to have Darius Slay kind of travel. Now, Darius Slay has struggled against bigger wide receivers. His thing is normally facing up against speed and technique guys. So it'll be a little interesting there. I think Steven Nelson's going to have to play really well against some of their speed threats. I think this is a good matchup for Avante Maddox, who's had uh, a, a game off. Um, I think the safety play has improved. Um, Roddy McLeod was horrible during the first half of the season when he yeah, returned from the injury, which nobody nobody blames him, right? Like you're coming off your second ACL tear in three years, but I think he's played very well over the last month. Um, I think Anthony Harris has played a lot better as well. So I think that that helps. Linebacker, big change here. TJ Edwards for Eric Wilson. We all know how horrible Eric Wilson was. We all know how good TJ Edwards has been. So I think that that – on. Uh, these are com- two completely different teams. Like, I think that's yeah. the biggest takeaway here is like, throw out what happened last. I mean, you don't have to throw out what happened in week six, but also consider this. The Eagles were playing a team on a short week. They're, they were a young team that was cr- trying to figure stuff out. They didn't have a lot of their good pieces. Like, nobody expected them to win that game. And yes, the score was much prettier than what the actual game was 28 to 22 it felt like 40 to 14 but i think (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i think look i i think this is a completely different game i still think the buccaneers should be heavily favored which they are but um i think these are two different teams okay so a couple more questions before you go uh all pro teams are coming out soon i don't know the exact date do you know the exact date that all pro teams come out I don't. Normally, the AP is the only ones that know that. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, all pro teams are coming out soon, second, first and second teams. Uh, any Eagles you think are going to make this, make the roster? I think Kelsey's got a good shot of being a second team or a first team center. Um, his real competition is actually Ryan Jensen, who plays for the Buccaneers, and Creed Humphrey, who's had, who's had an unreal year with the Chiefs. Listen, I think that if you're not going based on reputation and you don't count guys uh, missing games, I think Lane Johnson should get some consideration. Um, I, I thought he was absolutely snubbed from the Pro Bowl. He, he didn't allow a sack during the season. Um, despite miss, I mean, he missed four games, but in 13 games, that's pretty impressive. Um, Darius Slay should be able to get that second team, I think. I, I, I think people are going to vote for Trevon Diggs because of the interception stuff, not realizing he's given up like over more than a thousand yards in, in receiving. Yeah. It's been very hit or miss. Um, but yeah, I think Slay's got a shot. And then look, it depends on how you feel about Rick Lovato, right? I think Rick Lovato might have a shot at the long. I did not game. expect that name to come out of your mouth. That came out of nowhere. Um, all right, Mike, before you go. Uh, I know it's only Tuesday. We're still a few days away from the game, but give me an early prediction and give me something to watch out for for the next five days. And if you do have a prediction, I'd like to hear it. Well, I think Miles Sanders is the big story here, right? If they're if they have a full uh, stable of running backs, this becomes interesting because each one of them has a different style, right? Boston Scott's kind of a mix of everything. Miles Sanders is more your finesse runner, outside zone guy. Uh, just you know, Jordan Howard's your inside zone guy. Kenny Gainwell's kind of your wild card who can line up at wide receiver. The more running backs, the better, because this offense is built around the running backs, the offensive line, and their mobile quarterback. So 
those three concoctions are very important to, to stir together. Um, I think this is going to be a very close game entering halftime, and then Tampa Bay is going to pull ahead. I think I have it right now in my brain is 31-24 Tampa Bay. But Eagles cover. But that's <laughs> but that said, but that said, uh, Eagles fans travel notoriously well in Florida. Um, I've been to several Eagles Bucks games back, you know, even in college, and and they showed up in droves. So what I will say is this: I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles win this game. I just don't know if the defense has the pieces to win it. If that makes sense, I think this offense can hang. I just, if they get off to a slow start where they're, you know, excuse me, three and out first drive, field goal second drive, they have no shot. They really have to score a touchdown in those first two drives to really even stay even. And the thing is, the running game has to keep Tom Brady off the field. Yep. I uh, I think it's going to be Jonathan Gannon versus Tom Brady's matchup to watch for. I think it's the biggest aspect of this game, and it really isn't close. I tweeted out some stats. Just from uh, in general this year, the Eagles have just been a completely different defense against Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. Now I know the defense actually was different at the beginning of the year. Like they, I think they played the most man coverage over the last eight weeks or something like that. Like mm-hmm. they've completely offensive switch and the defense has completely switched. So again, like I said, different teams. Exactly. Yeah. So I know those stats couldn't be a little swayed just because they were kind of figuring themselves out. John again really kind of took his time to get the defense he wanted implemented. So. I, I just feel like if you sit back and let Tom Brady pick you apart, like they're playing the kind of the cover two shell style that John McGinnon likes and the Tampa two coverage, that's that's right up Tom Brady's alley, right? Like that's that would be the issue. Well, well and the thing is, I don't think he is. Here's here's how I explain it. So, if he wants to be aggressive with blitzing, he doesn't really have the safeties to make up for that that aggressiveness. If he wants safeties to blitz, he doesn't really have the linebackers to make up for that. So that's part of the reason why I think he plays so vanilla. The corners are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, and the defensive line really isn't getting there. So it, even if you send a blitz, cool, you send an extra guy. If you can pick up that extra guy with a lineman or a chip block, cool, you've sent a guy for no reason and you've given Tom Brady the opportunity to to really find zones in coverage. Yeah, it's just going to – this. Five days away, uh, little by little, kind of attacking this matchup, looking forward to even get more in-depth throughout the week. Mike K of NJ.com, why don't you plug in anything you want the listeners to take a look at? You can follow me on Twitter. I have the worst Twitter handle in the history of the world, at Mike underscore E underscore K-A-Y-E. Um, you know what? I'm going to give a shout-out uh, to my coworker who wrote a great piece on Darius Slay. Um, it's about how Darius Slay almost quit football uh, well before he even landed in the NFL or landed at Mississippi State. I think it's a really great piece. Really proud of the work he's done. Um, and you can follow Chris at C. Frank- at C. Franklin News. Um, terrific beat partner, terrific friend. I'm really proud of the work we've done this season. Make sure to check their workout at NJ.com. Double Dome Podcast will be back tomorrow. And then Eagles Talk will be back on Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you later.